You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 7, episode 33. Uh, I'm John, I'm your host, and I'm joined by John, how are you doing? I'm good, John, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, so, we were hoping it's maybe going to be the three of us tonight after Tony's fine debut in a week, but he's been he's been roped into doing some some chores for the, the in-laws, so I hope I can back next week on, because he was really good first up in him, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a very impressive debut. Um, we hope to have him on again soon. Yeah, uh, we'll talk more about some impressive debuts as well as we go on later on in the podcast. Uh, last week, unfortunately, we never managed to report that. We were hoping to, uh, but the circumstances meant we couldn't, which was a shame because we had plenty to talk about as well. Obviously, you and me had both been at the, the cup quarterfinal, not the most exciting of games in the 90 minutes. Extra time maybe got a wee bit better. The uh, main thing was the Aberdeen went through for us, our point of view. Yeah, definitely. It was a, a nervy night, um, but fortunately, um, in the shootout, that's where we delivered and uh, look forward to the semi-final now. Just to touch on it, it's good to see a good crowd at Rugby Park. That's a, the busiest I've ever seen that apart from a, a junior cup final. Oh yeah, 9,000 at Rugby Park for a Tuesday night game um, was very impressive. Um, a great turnout from the Kilmarnock fans and a good travelling support from us. Um, made a good atmosphere. Um, shame that the game wasn't up to much, but I think there was a lot at stake. Semi-final, well, set from our point of view, our season was pretty much on the line. Um, but we got the job done, um, which was the most important thing. But um, yeah, but good for Scottish football to see a crowd of 9,000 at the, a midweek cup tie at Rugby Park. Definitely. Obviously, the the series aren't too far away. Couple of weeks time. Um, so Aberdeen, Motherwell, and Celtic versus Rangers. So early kick off though again for Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, it was always um, going to be the case, unfortunately. Um, I don't like how they've they've done the timings that Celtic Rangers are half two on the Sunday, but I think the reason why we're half twelve on the, or sorry quarter past twelve, sorry, on the Saturday is because they can't schedule the game over the three o'clock, and in case of extra time penalties, that would mean it would finish before three. Um, so it's a stupid rule that I mean there must be ways around it, but. Um, no, it's not as if there's any league football that weekend. Well, not in the Premier League, but it is what it is, and we've just got to deal with it. But in England, it's the same. Um, they've got half five and four o'clock kickoffs for their semi-finals, so it's just TV rule and everything as usual. At least fans can get there all the time. They're using public transport. Uh, transport still iffy. You find getting Marbury in the Glasgow, kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's handy for you and I because we're in the central belt, but um, for those coming much further north, and it's also difficult because the first um, buses and trains don't get into Glasgow to, what, 10, half 10 on a Saturday. Um, it is cutting it fine, then you've got to get over to Hamden, but it is what it is. We've been getting used to it with the semi finals we've been playing in recent years. Hibs was the same time last season. Morton was quarter to um, one on a Saturday afternoon as well for the Betfred. Um, it's just part and parcel of the modern day. Don't like it, but um, it is what it is. Well, you're saying anyway. Uh, so, I uh, obviously we never got one last week. Another thing, charity bet. Probably disappointing because we would have probably went for one or two people. We'd have probably gone for Moore or Shankland. And Shankland, not only did he score a first score, a hat trick. Very impressive. So, most likely to be a bit of money there. No, I, th- I think, um, sorry, um, it was the week before that we had um, air on his mind last week we were now on and there was no charity bet and that's when Shankland got his hat check. No, the week before, Moffat scored first for air and Moore scored the second goal. Aye. No, I'm talking about the weekend just last because we never got a podcast on last week. Aye. All right, okay, sorry. Um, but aye, the week before, yeah, we did have Moore and then me and Moffat scored first. So we'll get back on track hopefully tonight. Get some good charity bets on the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be nice to uh, Aye. 
Oh, aye, at least one winner. We should, before we start the Scotland games, we should give a shout out to Inverness. Oh yeah, of course, because they won the Ironbury Cup last weekend. Um, yeah, big boost for them. Um, it was a bit of a disappointing crowd, um, to be honest. Um, I was expecting... Uh, I, it's only a 10,000-seater stadium at McDermott. I thought there would have been um, you know, six or 7,000 at the game. Um, but it was less than five, which is pretty disappointing, if I'm being honest. But um, no, well done to Inverness for getting the last-minute win. Yeah. Ah, good for them, definitely. Um, might help them in the league. Maybe push up, try and avoid the the playoff spot. Well, it gave them the yeah, boost last night. Um, they won one 0 against Dundee United. Um, and Dumbarton get hammered five 0 So I think Inverness are fine from the relegation playoffs. I still think they've got a bit to go to push into the top four at the other end. But you never know how well they do in their games in hand. Aye, I think it'll be tough now. Mind you, you don't know because Dundee United seem to be just in free fall. Um, you would say now, well, I think we thought even beforehand, St. Mirren were looking good for the league, but 14 points clear. Livingston, Cup to win last night as well, Lewis Morgan. A couple of goals, seen people raving about what is goal, saying it was really good goal, not seen a chance to see it yet. So. Things are going well for them. At the other end of the scale, first team they get relegated, eh, Breakin. Still, still in March and they get relegated. They've still got one game, four points. And we've only got, what, seven games left to try and get a win. Yeah, I think that was um, the cast iron bit of the season was Breakin going down and it was a matter of when. Um, a wee bit surprising they didn't win a game, but they were always up against it. Um, part-time team in the league by far the weakest budget. I mean, even Dumbarton, who are a part-time team as well, have got a far bigger budget than them. Um, so, yeah, I think if they could get a win between now and the end of the season, that'd be good because they don't want to go down having not won a game. That just really would be embarrassing. And I don't think they've taken a point post-Christmas either. Four points the whole season, that's pretty grim. Yeah, it is. But they'll want to bounce back. They'll go down telling that they're more used to playing and they can compete. Yeah. And the goal... There has been cases before whereby teams have gone down and gone down again. Kevin and Beath got pretty good as a player. See what happens. Did you see uh, Dundee United star signing? Uh, Morstey? Yeah, and he gets slu- um, slaughtered in his debut by um, his manager. Why? Well, I think Chapel uh, <laughs> Laswell wanted, wanted to slaughter him and it was talking about <laughs> I think I read. Yeah. Um, so... That's a terrible signing. Absolutely terrible signing. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of bad Rangers defenders, um, you know, in my time, but I think he's by far the worst that I've seen. Um, absolutely terrible defender. I don't know why they signed him, but um, it's not helped so far because they've drawn and lost since he's come in. So it's not exactly an inspiring signing. No, definitely not. Uh, we touched a wee bit on League One earlier with Ayrn Shankland. A couple of games played last night. Both Rovers won 2 0, or both won 2 1 against Alpine Rovers. So the gap at the top is three points between Ayrn and Wraith. So I'll play for there. And then if you look at other playoff sports, you would say up north of Aloha, a fair bit ahead. I'll want nine points clear us from Ross, you would think they should be alright with five games to play. Yeah, you think so. I think it's between Alo and Arbroath to see who um who plays um the second place team in the in the League One or plays the the second bottom team in the championships. It's basically gonna be one of them against Dumbarton and one of them against Ray Throwers right now as things stand. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other end, you've got Queen's Park and uh, Albion Rovers, who are part of the WWE job. Four for not out of it, um, so they're probably in the mix as well. I would say the rest, Airdrie, East Fife, and Raw, they're, they're fine. Yeah. I can't see them getting dragged into it. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um, 
it's far for look as though they've been pulling away a little bit, so I think they'll be fine in the end. Um, it's between Albion Rovers and Queen's Park for me now. Um, but both have got terrible home records at the table just now. Mm-hmm. Albion Rovers have won two home games, Queen's Park won. There's your problem why they're down in the bottom two. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we were last on the we were talking about the big game in League 2. Peterhead and Montrose. Montrose beat Peterhead. But Peterhead are higher in gold difference just now because Montrose slapped up at the weekend yeah. against Clyde. Montrose still have that game in hand. I actually did a blog um, previewing that game, so just to show that we don't just cover the top flight, um, we try and cover other leagues as well. So it was good to do a wee blog on that. Um, and it sounded a good game, the game of the day. Um, but yeah, Montrose blew it last week, losing to Clyde, and Clyde are in a good run of form just now, won again last night. Um, they've moved themselves into the playoffs, although Stennis may have two games in hand. But uh, Danny Lennon's doing a good job with Clyde so far because they were struggling near the bottom end when he took over. Yeah, no, he is doing well, definitely. Uh, other end of the table, both are playing probably further and slipping down the legs. They are bottom. You've got to think that they're the favourites to be playing in that playoff for the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, a certainty now. Um, Ten points for Berwick with um, who have a game in hand as well. Um, it's I think, and they've only won three games all season. It's not looking good for them. I think they'll just be preparing for another nearly 180 minutes against whatever team wins the Lowland League playoff. Um, a personal hope. Um, no disrespect to Ken Beath, um, but I'd like to see the winners of that playoff game then go on and beat Kenbeath and give someone new in the league and make the pyramid system work properly because since it's come in there's only been one team that's managed to get up and that's been Edinburgh City the others have went in favour of the, the League 2 team Exactly aye um, the pyramid's stuck you want to see that there's an actual route that folk can achieve at the time going through another hurdle like once you've won the league you think well that should be it um, I even think one place is a bit limited we should be looking at maybe something more but uh, we were speaking about a wee bit off air the last couple of days in terms of the pyramid and they obviously want to introduce the juniors and all that type of thing there's been talks about it and votes still nothing official yeah be interesting to see what occurs there uh, obviously getting interested in the juniors with Paul and Talbot as well mm-hmm. most successful junior team and they don't want to be playing senior football but they might get forced into it the way it goes. Because mm-hmm. uh, if the folk goes ahead, they'll not want to get left behind. Um, so I, think there. I know there are teams that are interested. It's more the teams in the East. Um, they want to get away get involved. There are teams in the West that don't know they do want to get involved, but mm-hmm. it's definitely more the East side it's coming from. Um, Bonnie Lig, they're kind of moving to the East of Scotland League. They're stuck at Clyde Bank who play obviously in the, the juniors in the West, wanting to get involved in the East. Mm-hmm. But that will happen for another season at least because the ground that that <coughs> isn't the standard. Uh, I was actually there on sa- Saturday for Clyde Bank versus Talbot. So. Who won that game? What's that? Who won that game instantly? Like, yeah, I think that's the one. They've been struggling that season. Um, remember Kieran Macaresky? Oh yeah, the former St. Johnson boy. Uh, he's a player manager there. Alright. Um, so he came on towards the end, but yeah. See what happens. It's going to be long drawn out because already next season with the juniors in the West are restructuring like in terms of teams are leagues are 16. Um, possibly a big problems with that as well because of fixtures getting played. A lot of the advantages are obviously under soil heating. And when pitchy the bad weather, the pitches something they've played on for maybe a couple of months over the winter. So fixtures start to pile up, you end up playing a lot of games midweek, you're maybe playing three games a week. These guys are working full time, becomes very difficult, a very short season for them. Um, in terms of getting a rest, so they maybe do that, they'll go get restructured in terms of the juniors and then it'll turn out maybe on the last maybe a season and then the the pyramid will become even bigger than what it is just now. Yeah, I think the pyramids turned into a bit of a mountain. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, no. If what the Clyde Bank and Auchinleck example, 
um, as a gauge for the rest of the junior league, there's going to be one hell of a split. Because, um, you know, as you, you say, Ock and Lech are a team that's um, happy with where they are and they feel as though they'll be more financially secure. Whereas Clyde Bank, um, obviously they were um, once upon a time in the Scottish Leagues and made an impact in the Scottish Leagues before ran into difficulties. And then uh, there was the controversial takeover by Airdrie. Um, Airdrie United at the time, sorry, and they pretty much bought their place in the league and Clyde Bank were just banished, which was a, a real shame for the Clyde Bank uh, faithful at that time. So they also wanted to get back in the limelight some way. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, but, but it's got to be financially viable for teams well, to do that's it. The thing. I mean, there's a lot, obviously there's all these licensing <laughs> requirements now. There's a lot of teams in the juniors that are not that well supported. Talk about one of the lucky ones to get well supported. The community uh, financially would take up comfortable in the juniors, probably helped by the fact that I'm in Scottish Cup runs, the time we played Hearts as well, decent bit of money. So, but even then, our facilities at the moment would not be suitable enough in terms of your uh, even just having sounds that has the same proper toilets and um, stuff like that, floodlights, etc. A lot of money involved. So if the SFA want to introduce a spirit, what the clubs have all to they are taking up no cost to bring them up to scratch. Because if teams are always getting forced into it, it's a difficult one there as well. So you can understand Talbot's point of view, successful junior team get good crowds because you're playing against teams that are fairly local. I mean Clyde Bank and Saturday was that's one of the kind of further ones. And even then you're maybe forty, forty five minutes. Not too bad if you then start changing up whereby potentially you're maybe playing teams in the east or further afield. Who knows what will happen there? No, I think they would like to regionalise it so it's in a West League as well. So you maybe give your West, your East, your Highland League, obviously, a side of things. So I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where they've got to be careful. <laughs> Uh, that? th- yeah, that's where they've got to be careful. The SFA, if they want to introduce something, they've got to make it financial viable for these teams. I mean, remember the SPL, um, they put the requirement that you've got to have a 10,000-seater stadium to get into the Premier League. Um, and Airdrie bankrupted themselves by doing so um, to build a 10,000-seater stadium where they were never going to fill it unless you had Celtic Rangers the odd time. Um, but And then a few years later, they were um, they went... You know, they went to the wall and they've never really recovered since, even though they're a, they became a new club and all the rest of it, they didn't quite get the same following. They've obviously in league um in League One rather than challenging for a place in the Premier League. So the the Scottish football's got to learn its lessons from the mistakes they've had in the past, you know, with regards to T V deals, with regards to ground requirements. Um and if this pyramid system is gonna work, um, you know, they've got to give support to these teams. Um, if they are, if you know, they want them to support this, uh, where Scottish people wants to go. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's been arguments before in terms of whether even Scotland uh, needs as many professional teams as it does. Yeah. Aside from this, I mean, I don't know. Does that? There's things like obviously with the juniors, you've got the junior cup that would obviously go because it's a different setup. Would there be a case they would introduce? I think Cup for the non leagues, obviously, you get the Challenge Cup. Would there be a, but then would there be another new cup? Um, would teams lose out financially in terms of local derbies? Would teams fold altogether? Because if, say, I don't know, more than 50 teams decide they're getting involved in this pyramid or they don't have a choice, what happens to the ones that can't afford to do up the facilities? Mm-hmm. Go amateur, completely. I mean, as well as Talbot um, saying that they'll, they are not interested. No, they'll, they'll do it if they have to, because otherwise they'll be buying. Um, supposedly, from what I've heard, there are local teams too. They often like Talbot to play Afton and Connick. By all accounts, I'm not interested either. Um, so, it's a long way to go. They'll obviously need to have, and there's meetings in June with the Scottish Junior um, Association and the SFA and the East Region, etc, etc. So, 
if they're going to do it, they need to plan it properly and not have it that it's a rush job all the time within one season. Because I think if you rush into things, inevitably they're probably not going to be that well thought out and that well planned, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Or give people enough time to get the facilities and requirements are needed. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how it all works out, but um, as long as it doesn't risk clubs going to the wall, then it might not be a bad thing, but there's always pros and cons. Um, yeah. but On the flip side, there are teams out with um, the top four leagues who are ambitious and want to be involved in the seniors, so for them, yeah, fair enough, but got to wait all up and see what happens. I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty over the next couple of years. Uh, does it go on? Good to something different as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you want to freshen things up in Scottish football rather than have the same status quo um, teams um, always just being content with staying in the, the football league system and holding on to their place. Um, you want to see freshness now and then, but as we've said, you know, and, and in the examples of, like, so for example, Ross County have gone up through the leagues, Inverness have gone up through the leagues, Peterhead have done okay um, to a point. You know, you want it's, it's it's nice to see these fresh teams coming in, but um, you know, you just don't want to see clubs going to the wall. Like Gretna was an example, um, although that was one man, um, you know, you know, buying the dream, so to speak. Um, you know, if that's ten years since they went out of the game, you don't want examples of that happening either. Yeah, the thing is as well, we've seen there's probably increased clubs as well in terms of folk going to the games. There are a lot of junior matches that I go to for a, an adult ticket, you're £6 for a concession, you're £3. Now, League 2 in Scotland, I would imagine you're a good few quid extra. A lot of people maybe go to these games are maybe, I don't know, not get as much money or in terms of going to games, find it expensive if they go to every game. So there's things like that to take into account as well. Oh yeah, definitely. It's be interesting to see what the prices are actually like in the um, the lower leagues in Scotland. Um, Could probably check quickly enough. I'm sure they just going to like one of the websites, but I've been at a championship game, and I'm pretty sure I was paying between fifteen and twenty pound for Morton when I went there. I'm trying to think. And reports when Rangers are playing down there, kind of costs. Well, costs when um, they were playing Rangers, where they went up because obviously when you've got Rangers coming up, then you're increasing your security for those types of games. Um, I wouldn't imagine you need much security when it's Peterhead versus Clyde, for example, this weekend being a, a game. But I'm trying to find out um, from Peterhead's yeah. website. <laughs> Peterhead against Clyde on Saturday, so you're uh, £12 is the cheapest adult ticket. So that, that straight away, you're talking double the price. But maybe it doesn't sound a lot, but if you're someone that likes going to every game with that, you maybe start having to pick and choose games uh, for that as well. So. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous, to be perfectly honest, um, for the for the, for the league, league two. Um, I don't think you should be paying more than... Um, five or six pound to be honest for that level but that's just my opinion um, and these teams are only getting like a few hundred people so it can't really be working yeah exactly I mean I, I've been to games in the juniors and you'll go until we're as I said lucky they've got a good support um, but you'll go to some teams and they're lucky if they've got a hundred fans so how are they supposed to cope with the increased costs no. And how many fans are Clyde going to take all the way up to Peterhead? Yeah. Clyde don't get great crowds in um, their own stadium. Yeah. So, yeah, plenty to be thought out in terms of what it'll do. Um, price, I think price and structure is something that needs to be worked out across the board. Yeah. Um, good games. Mm-hmm. I agree. Though, saying that, compared to one of the best supported leagues per population in Europe, so... Well, there's another thing that I'll point out, is that you mentioned Peterhead and Clyde this weekend is £12. 
Um, and for the Scotland game on Friday night there, I write, it was only a friendly. Um, but that was a tenner. You know, so you're actually cheaper going to see your... Well, it's a tenner if you were a, a Scotland supporters member. But that's... Um, you're cheaper going to see your national team than you're going to see a League 2 game. Aye, that's pretty rare, though, because Scotland have been quite bad at charging quite expensive prices for yeah. families in recent times. Um, they're obviously trying to change it because I am recognising that fans are staying away and they didn't do something to get fans back. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still selling supporters memberships, whereas, what, well, 10 years ago, you know, there was a waiting list to get a membership. You struggled to get one. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's a separate issue altogether but I think to be fair to SFA they're trying something because they know a couple of years ago when they hammered the prices up and a lot of people stayed away because of that that was the Euro 2016 campaign um, I think they've realised right, we've made a mistake here so they have been speaking to the supporters groups and you know they brought in it was £15 for a non-member and £10 for a member so even at £15 you're only £3 more um, to watch your national team than you're to watch Peterhead and Clyde Something's not right there. Uh, uh, I don't want you to watch the national team on Friday. Uh, true. Which yeah. leads us nicely into that. Yeah. It wasn't uh, great, but the same goes sometimes you're watching defeat as you do in victory. Um, it wasn't. The bits of the game I've seen, it wasn't the best of games. Scotland had struggled to impose themselves. Costa Rica probably couldn't keep up space at times. In between the defence and midfield, there wasn't really anyone stopping it, but uh, Brian Ruiz from getting almost like the freedom in the park at times. Yeah, there was um, a lack of tempo to the game. Um, I mean, I only saw the last half hour, but I listened to most of the radio coming back from playing football on Friday night. Um, but it didn't sound great um, for the first half. And the last half hour, there was some times I promised that Andy Robertson kept going down the line, getting, putting in some good balls, but there was never any takers. Um, we looked a bit better when Armstrong and McGregor came on. Um, I think Kevin McDonald struggled. Um, McTominay. Not much can be said. Um, probably a mistake putting him and McDonald in together. Um, I think Kearney being played wide in the right-hand side. It's not really his position. No. Um, I think the formation, I think, will work in certain games. But, yeah, you need to have the right personnel in the positions. Even we'll go on to later on with a lot the game on Tuesday as well, but there was a few things as well that maybe didn't work out. A few things that did work out that were surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, going back to Friday, the good things you mentioned, Andy Robertson, um, Scott McKenna, terrific debut. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really do much wrong and ended up playing Tuesday as well. He's put himself right in the mix for being a starter now for Scotland, I would say. Oh, with that, is uh, improving all the time. And also we know from seeing him watching our team. There's not many folk get by him. Um, and, and I've seen some stats as well saying that I think only there's not been he's not really been fall for the goals as well. It tends to be other players who are, are guilty um, for mistakes and conceding goals. So he's come on so much that season. Yeah, um, and that was the mention that in the season. The blessing I get, the only blessing I get beaten by Motherwell in the cup was the fact that McKenna came in, and since then it has been undroppable. Yeah, I think the only game he's missed was the St Martin Cup tie where he was suspended. Um, other than that, he's played pretty much every game I think, um, and his performance last night in particular has just added more in terms of his transfer value. Um, he's just signed a new five-year contract at Aberdeen, so. Um, I think he'll be the subject of big bids, but go back to the game last night, he was just he was really solid, won everything in the air and on the ground, and he showed he can play a bit as well. I mean, it was a good ball, and he played in for Forrest for his chance. Um, and alongside yes. him, well, Gray was a wee bit shaky, but along but further aside, Jack Henry, a lot of people questioned his call up. I was one of them. I felt that Suter or Lindsay should have been brought in, but um, he had a terrific debut. 
absolutely terrific de- debut, and he's probably yeah. sending out a message yeah. to Brendan Rodgers to say, um, Boyat and Semyonovic, they're making mistakes, put me in. Aye, well, Rodgers, obviously Rodgers has signed him, so he obviously does rate him, but last night, he, he looked very, very comfortable, but even when he was coming out, bringing the ball out of defence into midfield, very confident, didn't put a foot on, so it gave us a nice balance in defence. You've got McKenna, who's maybe more like a stopper, but also comfortable in the ball. Well, grew I at times, I mean, there was one moment where he was a wee bit lapsed in possession, but his experience, I think, as well, kind of helps out. Still not quite sure the fact that obviously the level he's playing at. You know, folk have said, oh, but he's been really good for them this season, and etc, etc. But yeah, you'd expect him to be after he's been playing with Celtic not so long ago, playing Champions League fixtures, and now he's yeah, playing at level League One. Um, he's also been chosen as a captain for just now. Christoph so, Berra would be my pick as the experienced defender if you're going to go um, with experience as part of your back three or, or centre back pairing. Um, but the season he said it was, just, I thought he was carrying an injury. And that's why he was left out, but he was actually just left out because they wanted to try something different and they wanted Mulgrew and Martin as their experience. So I thought it was harsh and better given the season he's had, but he'll probably come back in at the end of the season, I would have thought. Thank you, Rick. You've obviously as well, you've got Tierney, mm-hmm. who possibly might play in that role as well because McLeish said he's not going to play the right back. But that might change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's still an area whereby I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. Ryan Fraser obviously played as a wing back last night. Did okay, mm-hmm. but I just think if you're playing against maybe the like our top team, say, say, I mean this is a, a, a one example. Say you're playing Germany, uh, they put Muller out there on the left mm-hmm. against Fraser. They're just going to dominate because mm-hmm. height and stuff like that. They'll just start playing more balls and getting behind and stuff like that. I love that he's well in the role he was asked to do last night, but I don't think it's something long term that would work. I know Forrest has played that role for Celtic at times. Again, I think at international level you're going to get caught out doing that. Yeah. So that's an area I would still say is up for grabs. Most positions are, however. Um, but midfield last night, so much different in terms of biting midfield from again. See how he just set the tone. Dynamic. Um, you've got Armstrong and McGregor who are both comfortable in the ball as well Armstrong provides a nice link between kind of the midfield and attack McGregor very comfortable in the ball we were surprised lightly in terms of who was playing up front in terms of Phillips and Forrest I don't think Forrest worked out there but Phillips does credit um, I thought worked out really well uh, yeah. potentially an option that could work out whether he was playing as the main striker or at times, maybe as a two, maybe with someone like Griffiths, might work out really well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's definitely an option. I mean, a lot of people slaughtered Matt Phillips for his performance against Holland. Um, but to be fair, he's a winger that's been asked to come into um, an unfamiliar position. But he's got the bills to be a good target man because he's, he's tall, he's strong. Um, he held up the ball really well. and But last night he obviously showed that strike as instinct getting in the box. His when you look around the team, you know, full-backs were looking okay. Um, we've got um, centre-back for the first time in a while. We've got um, lots of options available. I mean, we talk about some of the guys that are not even in the squad, the likes of Suter, the likes of Lindsay, the likes of um, the two Rangers boys, Bates and McCrory, are another two to consider when they're fit and playing well. Um, midfield, we're also getting embarrassment of riches. Um, but up front, there's a big problem. Because um, without Griffiths, there's a big void to be filled because Cummins isn't playing. McBurney was okay, but other than that, there's not really much. But So it was good to see Phillips playing so well up front and giving us another option if we need it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I would have liked to have seen Cummins coming a wee bit more at the time last night. I thought after maybe 60 minutes, take points off, get Cummins on. Um, I kind of natural striker, but you can appear some year before this. So that, but then... Even McCummins is not playing regularly with Andrews. Manelis is more kind of favoured. Mm-hmm. But, but today they're not particularly strong in. Um, if Griffiths isn't in there, even Griffiths isn't playing regular safety, whether it's been through injury or just um, other strikers being preferred. So, mm-hmm. 
at least last night showed us something to work with. Hungary didn't offer a lot. They were at times maybe from long range, couple of free kicks and stuff like that, but didn't look particularly great. Looked a team quite short of confidence. Saying that, I thought maybe when we had the penalty say the heads might go down, they didn't. Uh, we responded well, carried on quite well and good performance. I don't think you could say anyone was was poor. Um, yeah. So, we have a lot of players, more options than we thought maybe we had. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't discount the players that played on Friday. I would still see what happens. I think some of them maybe are having another chance. But as you say, I don't think McDonald's and McTorley's going to work because it's going to keep us maybe quite kind of slow in midfield. Um, I think McTorley will play a part, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think between him, McGinn, McGregor, and Armstrong, you can pick any three out of that um, combination. And I think we've got a solid enough midfield because McTominay could be the one that sits and the others could then um, play that further forward, be more dynamic. Um, but you, you just never know. It's nice to have those options. Plus, we've got McGeoch still to be used. I mean, he was also pulled out injured, which was unfortunate. But it would be nice to see him. Maybe we'll see him at the end of the season. Um, that would also depend whether or not Hibs qualify for Europe. Because um, if Hibs qualify for Europe, no Hibs players getting in that squad, um, yeah. probably for the right reasons. But um, you've got our players as well that might get involved. Um, obviously, there's MacArthur who would maybe get involved in there as well, be included. If Scott Allen was to continue the way he's playing with Hibs, you never know. Ryan Christie obviously was involved. McLean, so plenty of options in midfield. Shani-Sue. Come back to West Brom, he's looking massively impressive, but in that West Brom team, pretty poor. So he's another option there, maybe, in terms of playing up front or whatever. So not with that, I don't think we're going to play with actual winners, it's going to be more wing backs. I don't know, I mean, I know the signs seem to be that we're going to persevere with this back three, and I don't know if that's the way to get um, Tierney and Robertson in the team, but got to remember at the end of the season, Tierney's unlikely to be featuring again because. Um, Celtic for Champions League qualifier starting about four or five weeks later um, so I think we might still have the 4-5 win when we need it and probably the person we've got that is our strongest formation um, but it is good to try something different to show we, um, we needed we can adapt um, but we'll wait and see um, how we, I mean the, the two in the season games will might have a week edge as to what we go in the qualifiers. It's certainly the Belgium game September before the real action kicks off in the Nations League. Um, but what I will say, I mean, a lot of people obviously criticise friendlies and all the rest of it. I think we've had good value at the two games. All right, we lost on Friday, but we learned a few things, um, tried different things, and that's what they're for at the end of the day. Um, whereas previous management used these friendlies for giving guys who weren't getting games for the club some game time for national team. Ridiculous. Yeah, but... it'll be interesting. Come on. Sorry, I'll carry on. No, I was just saying, um, at least McLeish is using it for the right reasons to blend players in. I think, what was it, six or seven players made their debut over two games? So that's that's good in itself as well. Yep. Uh, I thought I was going to say, it'll be interesting to see who makes himself available for selection in the summer, whether maybe some, oh, there's obviously a wee bit of pressure already from some managers saying they prefer their players not to go. So you're always yeah. going to get that. I mean, the end of the season is going to be difficult because um, I mean, there's obviously the European calendars that we've spoken about. There's um, players who've been involved in long seasons. There's championship players down south. Um, there's no maybe some players are going to be involved in cup finals. Who know? So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, we've spoken about it before the. The games against Peru and Mexico were just that was just ill advisable, but that's not a management problem because Major wasn't there. That was a outgoing chief executive who thought it was a good idea. Um, so yeah. we'll wait and see. Yeah, 
think maybe as well last night helped was the fact that so many players are playing first that have been pretty successful this season as well. Yeah. So well, confidence levels kind of better as well. Yeah. That's a noticeable difference is when you play guys who are um, getting game time and playing at a good level and playing well week in, week out. Um, so, I mean, previously it's a snobbish attitude was... Um, but it's just the Premier League in Scotland. There's guys in the Championship, yeah. But these guys in the Championship haven't been doing it. I mean, with Strachan, bro, I, I don't want to keep harping back to former management, but Strachan would have used that game last night to give Chris Martin a game, Stephen Fletcher a game, Mkhitaryan a game, even though they're yeah. nowhere near the clubs. Like Anya, for example, has only played once for Derby this season. Um, whereas McLeish is, you know, not being afraid to call up McGeoch, um, bring in McKenna, um, that sort of thing. So, nah. I'm happy with that. I mean, I wasn't convinced that McLeish's appointment. I'm still not, but I'm happy for him to prove me wrong. And I'm happy that he's using the friendlies for what they should be. I definitely, if it came to it, and we went with our team that we played last night in the Nations League, I don't think I'd be too disappointed. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly something to be to work with. I mean, I would play a different kind of formation. I mean, I would... Um, I don't know, could you get away with playing... Hendry um, as a right back and have Fraser in the midfield and go with the four five one there. We don't know. So I know Hendry's played at right back for his club, but um, but you know you've got Cal Parsons as well. The thing that is obviously trying to fit in Roberts and Tierney, and yeah. I don't think he'll play. I don't think he'll play four at the back. Oh. And Tierney will not be playing right back. So, but it's good to have some options though. See what happens, obviously, when Barry Douglas came on last night as well. Yeah. But alright. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, you could have something positive to say anyway about Scotland. Because usually, about Scotland are quite kind of down about it at all, so. Yeah, it's been nice and positive talking about them for a change. Um, and let's just hope that continues onwards and upwards. So, anything else before we go into predictions? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered what we wanted to in terms of talking about the lower league stuff, so that's no, all good. Um, although there's a Scottish Premier League game, or Premiership game on tonight. I know St. Johnston were winning. They're still 1-0 up. Yes. Um, yes. So they'll go into seventh place. Oh, one thing I did want to mention, actually, because we try and we did get to top about it before Kipre gets red card overturned. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, there's no doubt that's the correct decision. That should have been at worst two bookings. Um, probably would have been fine if the referee just gave him a ticking off. Um, it was a ridiculous decision by Craig Thompson. Um, I noticed Stephen Robinson pointed that it's that that Craig Thompson's pulled out five red cards this season. They've all beaten Motherwell players, and I think three of them have now been overturned um, and I know he didn't mean that um, Thompson's got an agenda against Motherwell, that's not the case but you can tell it must be frustrating when it's always happened to your team from the same referee Yeah, oh definitely you start thinking conspiracy theories and all sorts of things yeah. mm-hmm. depending on where you support yeah. of course uh, incidentally that's St Johnson Hamilton game the SPFL website has got it down so Johnson win Hamilton nil, but under Hamilton it says OG Steve McLean five minutes. So they've obviously put that in the wrong place. <laughs> yes. Did not, who, could not, uh, I thought it was a in that squad. I'm just going with what's said in the SPFL website. Um, so I'll trust what you said. It might not be right. I think it was Twitter earlier or something I was going to look at. It. Yeah. Oh no, McLean did score. Aye. Maybe I'll say him up. Yeah. It says here, corner by Blair on Alston St. Johnson. St. Johnson won Hamilton the own goal scored by Stephen McLean. Aye. <laughs> uh, so, have they got their information from the BBC? Okay. Uh, in terms of I get that, 2,037 fans in that game tonight. To be expected, to be honest, it's a midweek game between two teams that aren't that well supported. So, 
Now, well done to those 2,000 that have went there. Yeah. So, fixtures at the weekend, we have two, five on Saturday, one on Sunday. Early kickoff on Saturday, Motherwell versus Rangers. Um, we've seen Jamie Luffy tweeting earlier about his, what's he, getting involved with Scotland and then back to his roots, definitely going back to Motherwell. Motherwell are 18-5, the draw is 14-5, and Rangers are 7-10. Give I really don't know which way to go here because um, I know Rangers lost the last two games but they were both Ibrox their away form is much better um, but Motherwell did play well against Celtic they did play well against the Hearts the week before as well in the Cup I think I'm going to go Rangers to edge it 2-1 just simply because of their away form Yeah, I mean that goes to the stats as well because there's been over 2.5 goals scoring 16 of Rangers last 18 away games um, so yeah, there's no doubt that away form is far superior to the home form. I am going to set on defence, and I am going over two all with that one. Desmond. Desmond, indeed. Uh, so other matches we have Aberdeen versus St Johnston. Aberdeen are three to five. The draw is fourteen to five. And St Johnson twenty two to five. I am going to go for one 0 Aberdeen. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same. Um, I think St Johnson will be be a bit tired after tonight's um, game, as we've had. Apart from Scott McKenna, we've had a bit of a break. So, now nah, fancies for back to back home victories. Oh, actually, one 0 as well. Yeah. Uh, we have Celtic versus Ross County. Celtic are two to eleven. The draw is eleven to two. Ross County are twelve to one. There's only one way you've got to go with this one, um, and I think Ross County will be more focused about next midweek's rearranged game with Partick. Um, I think Celtic will tear them apart. I'm going to go five 0 Celtic. Well, you're going to be five 0 uh, I will go for three 0 uh, in that one. Uh, we have got. Hibs against Partick Thistle. Hibs are four to seven. The draw is fourteen to five. Thistle are nineteen to four. Difficult to see past Hibs. Uh, I will go though for Hibs to win three one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same. The same score as it was in the opening day between these two. Yeah, three one Hibs are scoring goals. Partick are shipping them for fun. Uh, can't say anything but a Hibs victory and then last up on Saturday Kilmarnock another home fixture I think that's our fourth home fixture in a row uh, no it's because they were away at Ibrox last oh, time out oh I saw they maybe the last five then mm-hmm. seemed to be that home of all recently yes weird how that's been working out for them because uh Start of the season, they had a lot of home fixtures. Then they went into a lot away. Then they were into a lot of home. I think some have been rearranged from um, other teams in cup ties and that type of thing. Um, yeah. But I fancy them. Yeah, I can't see past uh, Kilmarnock at home. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 against Hamilton. They've just been beaten 1-0 tonight by St. Johnson. Uh, I will go for 2-1. Kilmarnock are really good track of odds as well for the charity bit. 3 uh, mm-hmm. 3-4. The draw is 30 to 5, Howard are 72, so I think that could be one that could be a contender. And then Sunday, we have Dundee versus Hart, so Neil McCann against his own club. Dundee 8 to 5, draw 9 to 4, and Hearts are 13 to 8. I think Hearts will edge at 2-1. I think it will be 1-0 Hearts. 1-0 Hearts, you're one Hearts as well. So, do we want to include Kamarik at 3-4? Yes. I think that's too good an opportunity to miss. Yep. There's another 3-4 shout I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking Livingston away to Dumbarton. Um, and I was checking Livingston's away form as well. I th- they've won eight games away from home this season. 
sounds good to me. Are we willing just to go for that double, or do we want a third team and go a treble? I was thinking as an almost wild card, um, Stranraer at home to Forfar. Um, Stranraer's home form is eight, eight wins, one draw, lost seven. Forfar's away form is one three, drawn two, lost ten. Mm. And there's a ten point gap, and if we went with that treble, it's uh, a return of 68.91. See, instead of that, just because I'm home for the week, how about Montrose at 17 to 20 at home to Edinburgh City? Yeah, I'll just punch out and see what that brings up. Um, 56, 66 return, profit 46, 66. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Well, that, just in terms of Montrose, I would say we'd be better off. So that seems decent enough. And then, in terms of goal scorer, now, do we want to go with a rare play then? Do we want to go with someone different? I was thinking Ryan Hardy of Livingston. Well, you want to go double, so you're Livingston. So he'd be quite good goal scoring form as well? I think so. Um, I'll just double check that. I know he scored the winner against uh, Dundee United. He's been involved with the Scotland under 20 wins this season. Um, let's see if I can find his stats. He's actually scored six goals since he's uh, joined Livingston in uh, January. So he's already the third top goal scorer. Yeah. So I find out. And his odds are available um, because it's Wednesday, eleven to two. Last season. Yeah. Fifty-five quid profit. Yeah. Oh, I did forget to mention that I did have a pie on Saturday at the football. It was alright. It's a pound. It's pretty oh, good. nice. Just a standard Scotch pie, but that was alright. Nice, good stuff. Uh, I've not been to a game recently, so no pie chart for me, I'm afraid. Although the Kilmarnock pie was quite nice. So the Kilmarnock pie was quite nice. Um, um, I've obviously never... Um, the last time I would have tasted the Kelly pie would have been 1993, so I can't remember that. Um, but the Kilmarnock pie I thought was quite nice, actually. Not as nice as I thought it was going to be. It's not as good as the pie, though. The Kelly pie, which is now the Kilmarnock pie. Mm-hmm. So that should cover what's going on now, the week gone by, and what's to come. Yeah. So cheers for coming on. Oh, thanks again. It's good to be back. Hi. Right. Cheers, John. Uh, cheers. Thank <laughs> you.